Thank the Lord, amen. Oh, my goodness. You really want to hear me today, huh? <laughs> amen. Let's get into the word really quick here. I have a, have a lot to say and limited time to say it. Good to see everyone in church today. Open up your Bibles to the book of John. And we'll be reading uh, chapter 21. And uh, we'll be starting at uh, verse 35. We'll be reading from 35 to uh, 37. And all our visitors, we're happy to have you. And uh, let's pray for our pastor. Let the Lord bless him and help him. Amen. Direct him. Also, really, really quick, I, we, the church wanted to thank you all for your offering that we gave to, the, to uh, Africa, to Kenya, to build, uh, to build the well. Amen. We gave uh, $6,500. Amen. So the well will be built. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. So, and that's important to them. So the Lord bless you all. It says as follows, for the honor and glory of God. Let me open up my notes here. So, It says as follows. It says, so when, <clears throat> when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, Lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto them, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto them, Feed my lambs. Then he said again, He said unto him again, Second time, Simon, son of Jonah, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. Then he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved, because he had said unto him a third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, and thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Amen. Let's all pray. Lord, your word is true, and it's good. And we thank you for your word because it's a living word, and it gives us life. Lord, and I thank you for this opportunity. And I really ask, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thine sight. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may all be seated. Amen. You know, um, it, it's funny when we read this because, uh, because when he, he, he tells him, um, first of all, do you love me? And he says to feed my lambs. Then when he says the second time, then he says to feed my sheep. And then the third time, he tells him again to feed my sheep. And it's interesting because what I'm going to try to do today is uh, I'm going to try to talk a couple minutes on the um, appearances of our Lord after his death. 
and what they really mean to us, but also his appearances to, uh, to Peter. Because that was really interesting. Because when we see, when we think about Peter, we think about the disciple that was given the keys to heaven. The disciples were where we see uh, he's one of the leaders of, the, of, the, of, the, of all the disciples. We see all these things, the foundation of, of, our, of our church. You know, him standing on the day of Pentecost and preaching. And, and we see all these things. But, but what, led, what led up to that point? You know, Peter wasn't just uh, just born that way. You know, when the Lord called Peter, he, he, he told him, your name is going to be the stone. Your name is going to be that person that I can make my masterpiece out of. Just like Michelangelo, no? Michelangelo, they say he would go into where they have granite, and he could see the granite there, and, and, and in his mind he could say, I want that piece of granite because I can make a... Uh, uh, a Michael, I can make a, a, a beautiful um, statue out of it. So this is what they say. This is what the Lord did when he saw Peter. He says, you know what, Simon? I'm going to change your name into a stone, to a rock, because I can make a masterpiece out of that. I'll have to chip a lot away, you know, if, if the Lord is still working on me, and still I have a lot of chipping to be done to me, you know what I mean? But this is what the Lord says. He says, I have a lot of chipping away I have to do to Peter in order for him to be that person that could stand up on the day of Pentecost and, and preach that apostolic message. You know what? But, but it, it's interesting because uh, if we open our Bibles to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, pastor preached on this on a... On a on, uh, on, on the, he referred to this last week when he was talking about the um, when he was talking about the resurrection of Christ. You see, because when we read the Gospels, we all think that the Gospels are come before all the epistles, and in the Bible, that's how they set. But in reality, some of the epistles were written before the the Gospels were written, and this was one of the first ones. This is written before, and when you see this in chapter 15, this is the first, the earliest time that the resurrection of Christ is mentioned in Scripture. And, and, and uh, as, as far as the written word, and it says as this. Well, let, let me read really quick. It says, moreover, we're going to start at chapter 15. I mean, chapter 1, verse 15 in the first book of Corinthians. Paul is writing here. He says, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you that the gospel which I preached unto you, which also I have received, and wherein ye stand. So he's making a stance of why he's preaching the gospel. You know, I received the gospel in reality. My grandfather was a pastor in, in all the Sunday school, and that's where I received the gospel. And we all received it in different ways. Paul says, I received that gospel. And what I'm giving to you is what I was taught. 
You know, if you go to the book of Luke, just I'm not going to go real quick, but you read Luke chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 and 3, Luke stands on that same thing. He says, you know what, I received this gospel, and I studied it, and now I can tell you that. And then he says that again in the book of Acts. He says, and then starting to write the book of Acts, he says the same thing. I received what I'm giving you is, is not made up. But I learned. Someone told me about it. They taught me it. And you know what? I just didn't stand there and say, oh, okay, I'll receive it. He says, no, I studied. And I made sure this was true. And now Paul stands up and he says, I'm giving you the gospel. What I'm giving to you, it's not made up. But I was taught to me, he says. And then, and, and then it's really great the way he goes on in the next Chapter. You see, I think there's certain chapters in the Word of God that, that, that I call a chapters of redemption. Amen. So let, let's say the, the, the third chapter in the book of, uh, of, uh, of Genesis, when, when they sin, the Lord gave them a redeemer. He promised them a redeemer. You know, in the book of Acts, he stands up. He promises them a way of salvation. He redeems them. I think this is a, a chapter of redemption here. Because he's saying, I'm standing on this. I'm teaching you the gospel. And then he clearly, clearly, clearly states what the gospel is. He says, he says, he, he tells them where ye stand, verse 2, by which ye also are saved. So how he's gonna tell them how to be saved. And he says, like this, and what ye also were saved, if ye keep he says, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. He says, unless you keep what I preached to you, anything else you've heard is, is emptiness. It's not true. Verse 3, he says, and I, if I delivered unto you first of all, that's what I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and how he was buried and that he rose again in the third day according to the scripture. So what he does here, he tells them, this is how you're saved. And what I'm telling you, he says, I've been preaching this to you. He says, how Jesus died and how he was put on the cross and how he gave his life for our sins. And he was buried, the death and the burial. And then he says, and then on the third day, he rose again. Amen. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. He says, and this is not, this is not something I made up. You see, when you, I, I believe in the inerrancy of the word of God. I believe in the infallibility of the word of God. But I believe the word of God is historical too. And you say, Brother Dave, that's like crazy. No, it's not. Because there's historical facts to prove what we believe. You know? It's not just, it just doesn't just come from my heart and I got a, a, a warm feeling. I do, it comes from my heart and I do got a warm feeling about the word of God. But the reality of this is, is the historical facts of uh, Jesus Christ died and rose again on the third day. It's not just 
fallacy. It's not just something. But you know what it is? It's the truth. It's historically true. Now, that doesn't mean to me it's more important than, than its inerrancy. It doesn't mean to me it's more important than its infallibility. Um, to me, I like the infallibility of the word of God. What does that mean? Every promise is mine. Every prophecy is true. And everything the word of God is can touch me personally. I like that. I like that. But you know what? Paul says, I'm going to tell you something. This is true. This is true. And he goes on and he says, and this is why the, the resurrection of Christ is true. Let me keep on reading there. He says, he says, he says, and he was seen of Peter, a Cephas. He says, first of all, he was seen of Peter. You see, at the time that this, uh, at the time that this book was written, Peter was Peter was alive, and he says, first of all, Peter told me he saw him. He says Peter was alive, and he's and he's showing. He says, this is our these are the proofs. Peter was alive. He says first he we saw Cephas, and then of the twelve. You know that, that after his appearance in the Gospels, that Jesus appeared ten different times? And every time he appeared, there was a teaching behind it? Every time he appeared? Remember, the first appearance in the Gospels was made to Mary Magdalene. And, he, and she goes to the grave, and what does she find there? She finds that the stone was moved. Now, she couldn't move the stone. Nor, nor, uh, nor the disciples, because there was guards there, Roman soldiers. But the stone was moved. You know, sometimes we have problems in our lives. You know, sometimes we have, we have things that we struggle with. You know, sometimes we, we go through things, and they seem like, giant stones to us. We think like there's no way into seeing Christ. But you know what? Just like Mary Magdalene went to see her Christ, she went to go to prepare the body. What did she have there? A, the stone was moved. See, we go through things like that. I don't know about you, but I had some giant stones in my life that only God could move. I have Things that only God can, can move. And she wants to go in, and she wants to go in and, and, to, and, to, and to cure the body. She wants to go present perfumes and, and the things they would do and, and to a, a dead body, you know. And she's trying to go in, wondering how she's going to get there. And thank the Lord the stone was moved. You see, there's sometimes in my praise, man, it's hard for me sometimes because I have those big stones that don't allow me to, to present the perfumes to the Lord, the perfume of praise to God. But you know, even, even in the midst of that, the Lord will move those stones and give me liberty to worship the Lord. Amen. 
that's what God, man, it's amazing to see how the, God never does anything just, oh, okay, let's just, no. There's always teaching behind that. And, and you know, he presents himself to the, to the other Marys, you know. He presents himself to, to, to Peter. He, present, he presents himself to, uh, to the two disciples on the way to Emmaus. Remember that story? He's walking, and they're walking, and, and he, pre- he presents himself to these two disciples there. And, uh, and they're walking, and the Bible says that, that, uh, that he asks him a question. He asks him, hey, what's happening? The Lord asks these two disciples. And, uh, and he says to them, they said, you must be a stranger he says, don't you know what happened? Don't you know that Jesus Christ was crucified, hung on the cross, and between two others? Don't you know that he died? And, and the Lord is walking with them, and they don't know him? And what, a, what a teaching that is, no? That's a preaching, Brother Rudy. That's a preaching, no? For those of us that are preachers, that's a preaching. Walking with Jesus and not recognizing him. Oh, you could use that, brother. Walking with Jesus and not recognizing Isn't that a good title, Brother James? Walking with Jesus and not recognizing him. Until finally he broke the bread. And then they saw how he broke the bread. He saw what he was through the word of God. Isn't the word of God bread? to us. He, they saw, he saw him through the word of God. And then they said, oh, you master. And then he departs from there. God, what, what, a, what a good God we have, no? Touching every part of our lives. Being so personal. It's not that I love the promises of God. I love the prophecy of God. But I love the personality of God when he's so personal in our lives. No? Anybody ever experienced how God is so personal for you? Different things that we go through in our lives and we would never think. You know, um, what I would like to do now is talk about the scripture that we read. And compare it because there's three times. The Lord tells Peter. And, it, it, it's, and it's neat how he says. He says, do you love me, Peter? He says, Lord, I love you. He says, all right, feed my lambs. And then the second time he tells him, Lord, do you love me? Now, the second time, the Greek is not just feed my sheep. Even though he makes a difference between lambs and sheep. You notice that? He, then he says, feed my. But then what he says there is he tells them, in Greek, what he tells them is, is to pastor, be tender to my sheep, love my sheep. And then the third time when he asks him, he says to him, the Greek says, no, I want you to lead my sheep. You see, our pastor has a, has a, a theme, not just for the assembly, but for our local church and, and the mission. And the mission is taking care of lambs, 
pastoring sheep, loving them, and leading them. That's our mission for people that are coming into our church and people that need, you know. There's, there's people that were just brothers that, that just got baptized. Some of us need to be mentors to them, to take them under, because that's what we all need. For someone to, to, to help us and to be there for us and to say, you know what? I want to mentor you. I want to be, I want to, I, I want to be kind to you. I want it to be loving to you. And I want to lead you. I want to help you. I want to teach you. But, you know, in Peter, in Peter's calling, there's two different events that happened that has to do with three things we have here the three asking of him but do you remember the other one the three denials remember the three denials it's it's, it's interesting how the different dis- gospel writers write about the three denials the first one, he says, he says, he says to him, Peter, you know, it's, it's cold, and they already have Jesus. He's being beaten, and we all know that story. And Peter enters into the courtyard of the high priest. And, and it's how he enters is through John. John knows the person at the door. And John says, hey, hey. And so Peter goes in and they're around the fire. And and he's asked, he asked, you know, you know Jesus. And what is Peter, the first, one of the first thing he says is, they ask him like this, I'm sorry, they ask him, you're one of his disciples. That's where the first one they ask. You're one of his disciples, meaning that you don't only follow him, but you accept his teaching. He says, you're one of them. And Peter says, I don't know him. What is he doing? What is he doing? He's saying, everything that this man taught me is not true. Man, that's that first step of denial. When you go into the word of God and you say, that's not true. Man, isn't, isn't that really scary? Amen. I don't know about you, but I take that serious. He tells him, you know what you're writing? You know what, what he taught me? You know, everything that he said? Every, I was following him all these three and a half years. And you know what? That's not true. They ask him, are you his disciple? I'm not his disciple. And that's the first step of denial. And then they asked him, hey, you know him. You're, you, you, you know Jesus. You know, you're one of, you sound like a Galilean. He says, no, I don't know him. So now he's not only, he's not only denying his teaching, he's denying Christ. Man, it's getting deeper here, no? He not only says your word is not true, but now he says, 
you're not true. That is serious. And then he goes to the third time, and he tells them, they tell him, yes, you're, you're one of them. And he says, and he curses, and he puts a curse on himself. So now, now he's not just denying the truth in Christ's teaching. He's not just denying him knowing Christ and that this was the Christ. This was the Messiah. This is what everyone was waiting for. He's not only denying that, now he's denying himself. He says, cursed be me if I know him. Wow, that's, that's, you can't get deeper than that. When you take the curse upon yourself and say, you know what? Whatever he was teaching is not true. He's not true. And I'm not true. That's how deep it was. You know, can you imagine? Sometimes, and, and forgive me, I'm, I'm just a novice preacher, so forgive me for this. But sometimes I think that Peter's denial was more serious than Judas's traitor. Sometimes I, it's just the way, the different way people deal with sin. That's all it was. We saw, we see Judas, Judas did, and then he tries to go back and give the money back. And, and, the, and, and I, I think a lot of this, you know what I think a lot of this was based on? Was based on what the disciples saw and not heard. They saw Jesus. They saw this man that could stop the winds. They saw this man that could walk on water. They saw this man that could raise people from the dead, make blind eyes see, make lame walk. They saw all these things that Jesus Christ can do. And, and, and in a lot of the disciples' minds, they thought, this man can't be killed. This man can't die. Judas thought, oh, I can take advantage of this money because this is Jesus. They're not going to kill Jesus. They can't kill Jesus. I've seen everything. That we, we, we look back and we say one of the things the disciples says after his death is, all right, let's go back fishing. <laughs> you read it. They say, okay, let's go back fishing, no? And in my mind, they're like, how can you go back fishing? Don't you remember? Don't you see everything that Christ did? How can you go back fishing? It's because in retrospect, we got the word of God, and we know the final story. You know what I mean? But they're like, okay, let's go back fishing. But in the third day, when he rose again, whoa, all kinds of minds were changed there. You see, this is what he says. First Peter was, saw him alive, then, then the other 12, and then there were 500 people that saw him. And he says, and a lot of them are still living now. And I like this one. And then his brother saw him, James. Why is that so important? Because his brother was not a believer. You know that? One time his brothers were, were sort of making fun of Jesus and telling him, oh, do a miracle right now in front of us. You know, because they didn't believe. Why? One of the reasons was, was I think 
Brother Carlos, and correct me, but I think embarrassment sometimes because here's a, a family member, the oldest brother, and, and, and he's trying to do all this stuff where he should be leading us in the Jewish way. And he was leading them in the Jewish way. He was fulfilling all the Jewish prophecies. They just didn't, he just didn't do it the way they wanted him to be done. So they didn't, they didn't, they didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. And so when they say that, that James, his brother, saw him, well, can you imagine? Can you imagine if this, uh, if you were going to school, amen, and had the same teachers Jesus had? Can you imagine that, Brother Carlos? Brother Silver, can you imagine that? It's like, oh, Jesus got straight A's, and he always did the, clean the, the chalkboard for us, and he always did this. Why can't you do that? Imagine James like, ah, what, is, what does this guy think? He's God? And then when he sees him resurrecting from the dead, what does he say? He is God. He is God. That's what changed Jesus. That's what changed James's life. When he saw Jesus rise from the dead in life. Oh my God. He is God. He's our God. He's our Lord and Savior. You see, when we recognize that the resurrection of Christ is so important. Why? Because God was manifested in flesh. And rose for our salvation. So he makes these denials. And then he goes and he um, appears to the disciples. They're like, all right, let's go back fishing. And they go back fishing. And uh, Jesus appears to them. And he tells them, hey. You have any fish? Has you caught anything? And uh, and they say, "No, we haven't caught anything." You know, so uh, so he's there, and he says, "Throw your nets to the right side of the boat." And they said it was filled, and when Peter saw it. And, and it's funny because John writes this. And it's funny how John is. In the book of John, John writes always in the third person. No? Anybody remember who Mike Tyson is? Amen. When Mike Tyson was going to, he was a boxer, right? And when Mike Tyson was going to go into a fight, Mike Tyson would say, Mike Tyson is going to knock that guy out. Amen. Mike Tyson is going to knock him out in the third round. He won't last three. Because Mike Tyson always talked in the third person. When you read the book of John, John always writes in the third person. And he, and, and, and he always writes, and the disciple that Jesus loved. I'm like, what? You ever been with your family and, and someone says, Oh, mom and dad loves me more. I'm the favorite. No? And the one another one would say, No, I'm the favorite. I can imagine how the how the disciples felt when my when John was writing. And this was the disciple that Jesus loved the most. Man, I'm like, no, John, you're wrong. 
Jesus loves me more than he loves you. Amen. So he writes this thing, and he tells them there that he came and appeared to them. And, when, and, and, and he says, and the disciple that loved Jesus, that Jesus loved the most, told Peter, hey, that's the master. And Peter takes off his robe, jumps in the water, and he gets there. And what does he do? The Bible says that Jesus already has dinner made. No? He says he gets there, and, and fish is already on the grill, Brother James. I like that, amen. That's my God, amen. Well, he, it's already done. It's already made. You know? So he gets there, and they sup, and they eat. Now, remember the three denials. Yes, and three times. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, you know what? I love you as a brother. He says, okay, feed my lamb. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says again, I love you as a brother. He tells him then. He says, okay, feed my sheep tenderly. Then he asked him the third time, Peter, do you love me? Now Peter's grieved. Peter's mad. Peter's frustrated. Peter doesn't remember the three times he denied him. But we're like that. Thank the Lord that he, that he forgives our sins. Amen. We don't remember our past sins. Amen. And Peter says to him, he's grieved. He says, Lord, you know that I agape you. Thank you. You know that I would die for you. It's not just the brotherly love, Lord. But this is an intense love that I would give my life for you, Lord. And finally, Jesus is satisfied and tells him, feed my sheep. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? First step, what does it mean? It's not just knowing the story, like the disciples walking to Emmaus. You see, it's not just knowing the story. Because if you're like me and we're brought up in the church, that's just the story. We could, we, this is all we know. Unless we're like Luke and go into the word of God and study it and say, this is true. It's just not just knowing a story. But it has to be in our heart. It's not just me, pastor, wearing a white shirt, which is, to me, which is respectful. Amen. Not that a blue shirt or whatever, but that's just me. That's how I was taught. You know, pastor comes up with a suit and tie. Why? Because that's what we were taught, you know. That was like, to me, the ultimate. Amen. But that's not all of being a minister or a pastor or, or, or even a Christian. It's not just. One time Jesus was walking into Bethany. And the Bible says he was hungry. And he sees a fig tree. And the Bible says it was time for that to get figs. 
and he walks into that tree and he looks for figs. Now the tree looked good. The tree looked like it should have had figs. He said, you could dress up, we could dress up. When we're trying to feed, he says, the, the tree looked good. But you know what? The Bible says the only thing he found in that tree are leaves. You see? We can't do much with leaves, right? Maybe kindle a fire, but that there's, there's some shade, but that's about it. Jesus is hungry. He looks. He looks for figs, and he doesn't find any. And you know what he did? He cursed the tree. And to the amazement of the disciples, you know at that point that fee, that tree, it, 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 it died? You know? Why? Because it wasn't, when he says feed my sheep, what is it? It means that we're being trees and that we have to give out fruit. And when people come around and look for fruit, they find it. Let's all stand that's a, that's the saddest thing in our life. Is that we know all these things. And are we able to feed? Are we able to give? Are we able to fulfill our mission? Are we able to, are we able to, to say, you know what, son? Do what I do. Be what I am. Set the example. Do that. Are we able to say, follow me? Family and friends. Do you live it to the point where they're going to say, man, I want to be just like him. If I, you know, I want to be just like that. I want to follow that. I want to help people and rolling stones away. I want to help people and not just, not just knowing the story, but they can read it off of me. That the, the, the Bible, Paul says that we should be uh, uh, um, epistles in our life. That we should be able to open up our lives. And they should be able to feed off of us. That they be able to say, you know what, I want to be like that. Why? Because Paul says the gospel didn't come in word only. But in power and the Holy Ghost. And the much assurance that ye knew what manner of man I was for your sake. He says, I, I, I preached it, but it wasn't only just preaching. But it came in power. It came in Holy Ghost. And then, to me, this is the most important. And, and, came, and came in much assurance that you know that this works because it works in my life. That you know what manner of man I was for your sake. I'm not just living for me, but I'm living for the gospel. So that when someone is hungry and they want to come and eat, they'll find figs in my tree. 
You'll find fruit in my tree. He says, Paul says, I loved you so much that I wasn't only willing to give you the gospel, but because you were so dear to you, I would open up my life to you so that you might be saved. You see, that's what the pastor's talking about, fulfilling the mission. You know what I like about Peter's story? God gave Peter a second chance. Like I said, to, to, to me, Peter's denial was almost bad, as bad or maybe worse than, than Judas's traitor. You know, when, it's funny when you read the Gospels and they talk about Judas. A lot of times they put the one that was the traitor. I mean, what a legacy, no? What a legacy. But also, yeah, more, more of a legacy than just saying the one that was the pianist. No. You have a better legacy than that. You have a better calling. You're very talented, but not only in this. This is, you know, can you imagine what he told him? He says, the one that, that's a traitor. Read it. Sometimes I often think, man, Peter's in now could be just as bad as, as Judas is trading in. Because he told him, I'm not your disciple, so I don't accept your word. I don't even know you. And you know what? Cursed me if I was to say I know you. Denies his word. He denies Jesus. He denies himself. But you know what the Lord does? He gives him a second chance. For the three denials, he gave him a, three, a threefold chance to say the right thing, saying, I totally commit to you, Jesus. I totally commit to you. And then the Lord says, you know what? I accept your commitment. And I'm going to tell you, lead my sheep. What a wonderful story, you know. How many want to feed the sheep of the Lord? God, teach me. Teach me. Teach me with my children and my grandchildren and my family and my church and my friends. and my. Teach me, God. Please help me live that life so that when people need, they can come to me. Feed my sheep. Let's sing a song and let's ask the Lord. Let's come to the altar. Let's ask the Lord, Lord, use me, God. Use me. Let people feed off of me. We're, 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 this year is going fast. And, and we need to make a commitment to pastor's vision. Lord, let me accept pastor's vision. Let that mission be my mission. Let that, that need be my need. Let that want be my want. God, use me. Let's love the Lord. Amen. God, we love you and we honor you and we praise you because there's not a God like you, Lord. Use us, God. Use us. Be with us, God. The altar's open. Amen. Bring someone with you. Let's ask the Lord. Lord, let me accept this mission. Let me accept this responsibility.